Hey everyone, what's up? Welcome in to an episode of Real Sports Talk. Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Hope you're all doing well. Took the day off yesterday as traveling soon and uh, hopefully everything goes well with all good blessings of everybody um, that has been with us and is supporting us even from far away, even close by. Uh, hopefully we don't make everybody uh, too mad in the process <laughs> but you know it is time for um, you know getting a little break from everything and hopefully having some fun um, and yep I will be this will, will be the final episode uh, for a while uh, from me so we'll get into a lot of things hopefully when I get back um, but to kick off today's episode want to recap the NBA Finals game four between Milwaukee and Phoenix as you know, I have been hoping for. I think a lot of people, people were hoping for a close game between these these two teams ever since the finals began, and we actually got that yesterday, which was really a great game, very close down the stretch. And in the end, the Milwaukee Bucks have tied up the NBA Finals uh, with a 109 to 103 victory over the Phoenix Suns. I mean, what a game! The Phoenix Suns definitely came out, played much better. Um, Stayed with it, stayed with it the entire game, but in the end, it came down to supporting cast and clutch shots, clutch blocks, uh, and key turnovers. Key turnovers. You know, I think Middleton dropped 40 plus points. Giannis at 26, I believe. And I mean, together they were able to overcome a pretty poor performance from Drew Holiday, but. I mean, Middleton was just hitting shots and shots, and this is what he can do sometimes when the pressure is bright and you got to get a shot down there in the end, he can deliver, and the Bucks, I mean, they were trailing most of the game, I would say, until they really started to hit shots and get to their, into their sets very, very well. The Suns, on the other hand, I mean, you just haven't seen them play as well these last two games, particularly, like, DeAndre Aiden, Chris Paul. I mean, Chris Paul had a crucial turnover. Giannis was able to get a steal on him, um, and that was pretty much it. Like that was kind of the way the game ended. Was just Milwaukee Bucks being active defensively, not giving the Suns a chance to tie the game, um, or taking away the opportunity for the Suns to tie the game. Booker dropped 40 plus points, but I mean, Chris Paul had a very low. Uh, scoring game and I mean Mikhail Bridges played okay but to the point where it wasn't enough the the Suns didn't get enough shot making from their perimeter at well you know at all throughout the game there's a lot of easy shots um, obviously the Bucks were able to kind of work their way into this game back into this game not getting down by too much I mean Mike Wildenhoser pushed all the right buttons and, and really, you just saw Chris Middleton play at a high level, the way that he can play and why he is, you know, talked about so much. If he can play like this, I mean, the Milwaukee Bucks have a chance in any game, you know. This was a great game. It was physical. You saw a lot of key baskets from both teams, uh, a lot of great block shots by both sides. Um, but Phoenix just got outworked. Uh, their scoring duo of, of Booker and Paul... It really didn't work out in this game. I mean, it was all Booker, to be honest. He was hitting shots and stuff, but by the end of that game, 
you could just see he was just pressing a lot and it didn't turn out so well for Devin Booker at the end of this game in terms of the, sh the shot making ability um, but hey this is what people wanted to see right the Suns under extreme intense pressure because they've had it easy this postseason run you know and Chris Paul was kind of playing a little bit loose here and there um, you know start of game three and then game four also the same kind of thing so really to be honest all the pressure all the tension shifts back to the Phoenix Suns now because we know the history of it when teams go up 2-0 and what can happen and so we're seeing that right now in front of our eyes where the Milwaukee Bucks have all the confidence in the world right now winning two straight at home and they were going to win at home I, like I said I predicted that both teams wouldn't lose on their home court I want to see a game seven I'm sure a lot of people are rooting for a game seven I want to see a game seven because I want to see what Phoenix can do that situation you know I picked the Suns in seven because I feel like they have the better shooting and the better ability to get it done but they are inexperienced there's no doubt about that and it's showing up big time um, in these last two games so I want to see them earn it in seven and you know no one ever said their, their first title was gonna be an easy one to get uh, the Milwaukee Bucks are really showing that they can they can get it done no matter what at home and that is the key that is the key for the Milwaukee Bucks to keep playing like this to, to keep it tight to keep it close because Giannis he started out the game kind of working his way into the game scoring points here and there but more so you just saw Chris Middleton get the ball and score you saw Brooke Lopez be active uh, you saw Pat Condon try to be more active offensively so you saw Giannis kind of work his way into the game where he came up and had his energy saved up of that fourth quarter and he really took it on uh, out on the Phoenix Suns. You know, DeAndre Aiden, as good as he is, he just cannot score as well and handle as well, you know, handle as well the last two games. And the reason why is he's playing a lot of minutes and Giannis is making him work down there. There's a lot of things that are being thrown at DeAndre Aiden's way right now, which is what you expected to see after the first two games. And question is how do the Suns respond you know can they even respond well enough to win game five now is the question you know because the Milwaukee Bucks have been able to defend really well in a lot of spots where the Suns are just missing really shots that they, they usually make and when you don't get those shots going and you keep them under um, you know 118 points you know it's a good chance that the Bucks are going to be able to win these games so the Fe you know, Phoenix obviously has still a lot that they can kind of, you know, fix and make, you know, adjustments to. But it just feels like if Chris Paul, Mikael Bridges don't step it up and be like playing as well as, as Devin Booker plays, the Suns are going to have themselves a, in a tough spot in Game Five. They're going to need more from their supporting cast in Game Five. I mean, their shooting has been off. A lot from three-pointers. I mean, they've missed easy shots. The turnovers are a problem, which we've seen more and more now happen these last two games. So, Chris Paul, man, you want to win a championship. You know, obviously, you're one of those players that a lot of fans sometimes don't like with your antics. And it's true. He can be very annoying sometimes. But, you know, you're Chris Paul. You want, you know, you want a championship. If you want a championship... You got to be able to step it up, dude. You cannot score eight points or ten points in a playoff game. And same thing with Devin Booker. Devin Booker had a, obviously a rough game three. He showed up and played much better in game four, but it didn't lead to a victory. Chris Paul, I mean, you're wheeling and dealing, trying to make shots, and he, he definitely missed some shots that he should have made. 
But you're Chris Paul. You know, you've done everything in your career. You got to find a way to, to, to show up and, and play big time basketball. I mean, this is what it's all about. I mean, you know, if he had played much better last night, maybe Devin Booker wouldn't have haven't had to take those all those shots at the end. But Booker's so elite that he can get it done uh, if, he, if he has it going. Um, but the Suns cannot only rely on his hot shooting to get them past Milwaukee. Milwaukee has really stepped up defensively these last two games, really getting in the space of the Phoenix Suns and making them work. And that is the biggest thing that no team in this postseason has done is make the Suns work this much in terms of getting their shots and defending. And you see the Milwaukee Bucks are doing that. They're doing that in a big-time way, which is why they are now evened up at 2-2. Two and two. And this is what you want to see, a Game 5 of the NBA Finals. Uh, you know, three games. Hopefully, we'll get to see between these two teams down the stretch. Um, but it's very exciting to see all these things kind of come about. Um, you know, because early on, it was all about Phoenix, and Phoenix is shooting, and this isn't that. And now, all of a sudden, the Milwaukee Bucks are now, like, they got a lot of momentum in their favor. And it's going to be a big-time Game 5. And so much pressure on both sides. But more importantly for Phoenix, considering how they started this series and how things are going, I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be a huge test and a huge challenge of seeing what the, what the Suns team is made of. Because... Every time we know there's a moment that comes for all these playoff teams when they have to really show up and, and kind of show, show what they got. And as of right now, the Milwaukee Bucks have uh, brought it to the Suns the last two games. They've won both games and, you know, obviously that game three dominant fashion and this one a close one. So, you know, can the Suns answer? Can they, can they, can they answer to the Milwaukee Bucks or will they kind of fold under the pressure like, like it did in game four, you know? And for the Bucks, they got to do the same thing, try to keep having Milton and Giannis to be dominant. And if Drew Holiday gets it going once again, I mean, it'll be tough to beat the Milwaukee Bucks. So we're going to find out a lot about the Suns team that obviously we know outside of Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. Uh, the experience is showing up and question now is can they answer can they deliver in a game five with everything on the line potentially i mean you know like i said i want to see i want to see seven games so i think that if it goes the way it should go and we will see a seven game you know seven, game seven of the nba finals um but it's really going to come down to the play of the star duos on both sides and so far these last two games the milwaukee bucks have definitely played much better they're in a better position heading into Game Five, uh, where you know they have a real chance. The Bucks have a real shot to win Game Five. If they win Game Five, and the Suns have to go to Milwaukee, whew, I, I don't know if Giannis is going to let an opportunity slip at home. If he has a chance to close out the NBA Finals in Game Six, I mean he will not miss that opportunity. So, you know, let's see now because I don't know. It's all about history and. Like I said before, I just want to see the Suns just win just because of, like, first team. You know, they haven't won a championship in their franchise history and Chris Paul. But, man, like, people have been telling me, some of my close ones have been telling me, the Bucks have it. They have it going. And, they, you know, there's just, there's just a lot of confidence right now in the Milwaukee Bucks that 
you know, people have been telling me about. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, let's see. Although that shooting can get it done. And now I'm thinking like, whoa, like this is now going to be uh, pretty crazy to see how, how these rest of these games go. Because we wanted a close game. We got one in game four. And hopefully game five delivers the same thing. Um, which hopefully I'll get to you know sit back and enjoy and still be able to watch as I hit, uh, you know as I travel. So I want to finish up with one more segment, um, and I want to talk about NBA free agency, uh, which will obviously. Uh, be taking place quite a bit um, after the NBA Finals is over, and just some names to really watch out for. And I kind of want to like look into like what this free agency period might look like. Now, there's obviously be a lot of teams that, based on their success in the postseason last year or lack thereof, will be looking to make changes. And you know, we saw, obviously saw some great stories this year. And the question now is with some new faces, uh, with new coaches, and you know, the question is which players will really resign, will be gone, you know, maybe traded potentially. You know, looking at it from an early um, point of view here, Ben Simmons, you know, Kyle Lowry are two names that potentially could be in the, in the conversation of maybe possibly being moved or traded depending on what kind of market develops for them. You know, you have Kendrick Nunn, who's a pretty decent young point guard in you know, Miami. Chris Paul will be a free agent potentially after this year as well, unless he opts back in. You know, so there's a lot of names that are kind of coming up right now in terms of what may happen um, in terms of, uh, you know, where these players may end up and where they might go. You know, you look at somebody like Ben Simmons, there's already a lot of interesting conversations that are coming up about Ben Simmons and whether or not he'll be a Philadelphia 76er by the time the fall hits. And the question is, you know, what kind of team would go really go after Ben Simmons considering how he, you know, came up short in the, in, in the Eastern Conference, um, you know, semis, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, like what... Are, what team is really going to want to take a chance on Ben Simmons give up assets? You know, it's just going to be a hard thing to do, particularly because Philadelphia wants, you know, a quality player in return plus draft picks. You know, teams may not be willing to do that unless they see how he first comes back and performs. So Ben Simmons may or may not get traded. I just don't know it's going to happen right away because obviously he's going to want to come back and work on his game his contract is a huge thing that teams may not want to uh, budge on and you know I think for Ben Simmons his priority this offseason is to get his mind right in terms of shooting and be much better in terms of his jump shot you know so that's one thing Kyle Lowry was hoping to get out of Toronto you know but trades kind of fell through and maybe the Raptors might end up keeping him on the roster and he they may you know add other, other spots but Kyle Lowry would be a great fit I think for a team like the Sixers maybe if they want to bring him on uh, Miami could definitely use him as well and that would be a really good um, good addition to the team as well just, need, just seeing how Miami has played 
at the point guard spot a couple of years now. You know, you look at a team like the Dallas Mavericks, you know, they're promising to, you know, deliver around Luka Doncic. You know, the Mavericks obviously have question marks as well in terms of how they're going to build this roster going forward to be competitive. You know, will Porzingis be traded? You know, will you see a shakeup in terms of that, that middle there? You know, Dallas definitely had a good season, but they needed to make adjustments like everybody else. And with Jason Kidd at the helm, you know, the Mavericks definitely need to find a way to shake up their roster a little bit to be better. Look at the Portland Trailblazers. I mean, Damian Lillard, as of right now, seems to be he'll be in Portland, but this roster isn't good enough yet to go on a deep playoff run. And so, you know, will McCollum get traded potentially? You know, will they break up Lillard and McCollum? You know, that's something that has to be discussed and, and talked about because we've seen the way they've been, been so predictable the last few years that they need something different there as well. You know, look at the Boston Celtics. They obviously um, are looking, hopefully, to have a better season next year, obviously, considering how things kind of went with the injuries and stuff like that. You know, it's all about can they... Can they find a way to win with this group? You know, they obviously need some depth at the scoring position, which they do. They are getting back now. Um, but the whole thing is that, you know, you have a lot of players who are looking to really just prove themselves in a big-time way. Jason Tatum, you know, wanting to make that leap into elite, elite competition, you know, so... The whole thing is, can they do that? Can the Celtics be in the conversation next year in the top Eastern Conference, you know, where with the Nets obviously coming back reloaded, um, you know, with the Bucks there and all that. So there's a lot of things in the East that could change up, you know, quite a bit. Um, but, you know, overall, you got some really good names that might be on the move. You know, you might see other point guards like Colin Sexton, Lonzo Ball, be talked about in trade possibilities you know the pelicans obviously um needing to find a way to keep this roster going could they make a move possibly a lot of teams already are making moves right now to like plan for the nba draft where they made trade assets and there'll be a lot of players who, who, who will be moved and traded particularly and the question is it's not about making the flashy kind of move right away it's about kind of seeing what's out there and there's quite a bit of you know questions about who might be available in terms of point guard and shooting guard and shooting forward um you know so it just comes down to which teams are going to be able to gamble as much take some risk you know the knicks might be trying to get some players which will be important because they may need improvement at the playmaking you know the point guard so there's just so many um players that could be on the move this year you know some obviously veterans are going to be available uh who may be looking to play elsewhere you know but you know i look at the teams that were recently in the postseason here and just looking at philly you know looking at atlanta you know, you look at these teams and stuff, and it's just all about these teams are very close to contending for a championship. You know, it's just all about getting the experience and the right players to get get it done. But you know, for Philly, I mean, if they can find something for Ben Simmons that they really, really like, they have to hold on to him and hopefully that he can improve enough to the point where, you know, he can still be a sixer. 
you know, as for the case in the Western Conference, I mean, you look at the Lakers and the Warriors. I mean, the Lakers obviously had a trying year. Um, and they obviously have a lot of question marks at a lot of different spots outside of LeBron and AD. And the Lakers, if they want to make one final run at it with LeBron, uh, they're going to need to get somebody in there who can be a much better point guard. That reminds me, Dennis Schroeder might be available as well. You know, Schroeder obviously looking to get paid big time money. You know, the so Lakers might look very different next year. The question is, can they be competitive enough? Can they be healthy enough to make a run at it again? You know, that's what it's all about with the Lakers, right? Winning championships right now. So can LeBron and AD still carry this Lakers team next year with all the new faces once again? You know, the Golden State Warriors, you'll have Klay Thompson coming back. Steph Curry being healthy. Draymond Green there. James Wiseman. I mean, the Warriors might be a big-time player also in free agency as well. It just really comes down to, you know, how do do these two teams kind of rebuild their roster a little bit? Most of the Lakers have to kind of reshape their roster because of of the success that they didn't have, obviously, with Drummond and Harrell and Gasol. So there's just a lot of things the Lakers and Warriors will have to address. The Warriors obviously need more depth at their shooting forward position. Um, And look at the Lakers. Just Can you see them make improvements and be competitive enough again next year? As for the Clippers, the biggest question is, will Kawhi Leonard re-sign? He should be able to resign with the Clippers. I don't see why he would not, considering how he obviously found out he has uh, put in a partial turn ACL. Kawhi Leonard would be best to kind of rehab his injury in LA and stay in LA. Um, but you know, there's no guarantee of that yet because obviously you just want to see how the relationship between him and the Clippers front office kind of goes. You know, so there's just so much that the Clippers, the Lakers have to really address this off season. Um, because both teams obviously fell short of expectations, you know. So just want to see what will happen. But there will be a lot of shakeup, no doubt. I mean, obviously we'll see probably some trades, some surprises. Um, which teams really spend a lot of money, which teams kind of spend smartly will be the key. Um, hopefully the Hornets um, are able to continue to have success, maybe with LaMelo Ball there. Uh, they had some promise last year, you know. Some of the smaller market teams are definitely going to have to be more active and try to find a way to be more competitive in the free agency market pitching and all that because you do want to see obviously the big teams favorites kind of get there but some of these small market teams like like Minnesota, um, you know Detroit, although these teams are really far far away from contending but you just want to see if any of these small market teams can attract free agents and look at the Oklahoma City Thunder they got a whole lot of picks over the next two, three years, can OKC find a way to maybe surprise and get some stars there? You know, it's all about seeing how how they kind of use those picks and develop their teams. But no doubt, next NBA season will be a fully normal schedule. There will be a lot of times, a lot of trades that can happen at the trade deadline as well in the season. Um, for the main teams that I just talked about. I mean, one thing is for sure, you're going to see a lot of teams try to be aggressive in pursuing trades. Some teams are going to spend be very smart on how they pursue certain players. And question is, is now, as we see these players come back and be healthy, you know, how they're going to perform under pressure again, you know. Because we saw the Utah Jazz kind of fall short. We saw the Sixers fall short, how the Lakers fall short. Um... 
you know, you had other teams that just just couldn't get it done. Indiana had a tough tough season, and obviously with new coaches, new expectations, new factors into all of this, a lot of teams are going to look very very different next year. And I think all the action will really start around the NBA draft. I think that's when we'll see some stuff happen first, and they'll start kind of, kind of build this way until October. And it's going to be fascinating to watch what what kind of things change between now and then, and which teams find themselves in a better position to start the 2022 20, NBA season.